So those are kind of the four things that you need to do before you actually start delegating is figuring out your vision, figuring out what type of ideal organization you need to support that vision, make time every day to work on your business using time blocking, and then doing your delegation snowball. If you do those four things, then you're ready to start really putting the documentation and the delegation in place. This is episode number 40 with Paul Maskell. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. My name is Tibor Nagy, mindset and performance coach and the founder of Mindset Horizon. The mission of this weekly show is to reveal the disruptive mindset of purpose-driven entrepreneurs, high performers, visionaries and change makers so you can transform your mindset, realize your full potential and execute on your dreams. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now let's get started. What is up, Mindset Nation? Welcome back to the Mindset Horizon podcast. I'm excited to announce that today's episode is brought to you by Podcasters Paradise. As a mission and impact driven entrepreneur, thought leader, visionary, and change maker, have you ever thought of increasing your online visibility, building credibility, and scaling your impact and business by starting your own podcast? If you answer this question with hell yeah, now this is your chance. According to Edison Research in the US, podcasting is one of the fastest growing medium. Since I started podcasting, I knew I needed to invest in myself, learn more about podcasting, and surround myself with the best minds in the podcasting industry. This is how I became part of the number one online community for podcasters called Podcasters Paradise, created by John Lee Dumas, founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire, one of the most successful top-ranked and award-winning podcasts. So if you're ready to start your own podcast, build credibility, and scale your impact and business, I highly recommend checking out Podcasters Paradise at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash paradise. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash paradise. You can also find the links on our show notes page at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash podcast. If you have any questions after checking out the Podcasters Paradise page, or you want to know more about my incredibly positive experiences with Podcasters Paradise, shoot me an email at tibor at mindsethorizon.com or DM me on Instagram at tibor.mindsethorizon. I'm very much looking forward to hearing from you. And so without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. My guest today is Paul Maskell, and in today's episode, Paul and I dive deep into topics that can help entrepreneurs escape the hustle and start growing and scaling their business. Besides Paul's incredible entrepreneurial journey, we talk about the five systems that every business owner must have perfected in order to skyrocket their business. Paul shares the most important principles about outsourcing tasks and building a team online or offline. And now a couple of words about today's guest. In 2011, after less than four years in corporate America, Paul knew that there was more to life than just do a job that's okay for 40 years and then retire and enjoy life. Paul ventured out and started his first business in 2011. He was soon working 60-80 hours a week with a business that couldn't survive without him. So Paul started systematizing everything while empowering a team to run the business better than he could. Before he knew it, his revenue doubled to almost $500,000, while the number of hours he worked dropped below 40. Paul then sold his business for three times net profit. He's now back into business ownership with two local businesses, while also helping ambitious business owners automate their business so they can leverage their business to build a life that they love. And so Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's welcome today's guest. Hi, Paul, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Tibor. Excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for thanks for being here with me today. I'm also really excited about this conversation. And uh, as I mentioned at the very beginning uh, of this episode, you are the founder of the Ultimate Freedom Mastermind, helping business owners build a business that can thrive without them. That's already really interesting. So they can make more money and make more time. AK becoming a business owner instead of a business operator. And we will dive into those topics in this episode. 
And you're also the host of the Business Owners Freedom Formula podcast, which has, by the way, over 350 episodes, if I'm not mistaken, almost 400. Yeah, and uh, maybe we can just talk a little bit about your podcast as well. But before we do, I wanted to start with your entrepreneurial journey and uh, focusing on your journey or transitioning from the corporate world, corporate America to becoming a business owner and doing different kind of businesses. So would you just talk to us a little bit more about that? Yeah, for sure. So I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, so east coast of the US, depending where you guys are listening from. I uh, live here with my wife, Angela. We've been married since 2012. We got a three-year-old daughter named Emmy. Uh, in my entrepreneur journey, I was not setting out to be an entrepreneur at all. Um, just because when I was growing up, nobody told, yeah. everybody told you to, that's like what dumb people do. Like dumb people don't go to college and they go do their own business. Uh, and especially back then, most of the quote unquote businesses that people started were service-based. You know, you can be a plumber, you can be a landscaper. My dad was, a, uh, he owned his own business or he was self-employed. Uh, he did hardwood floors. So there wasn't this whole entrepreneur thing. It was more of like, you need to go to school. So I just followed the advice of everybody else uh, telling me, what to do. So go to school, get good grades, go to college, graduate, get a good job, and then uh, go climb the corporate ladder. So that's what I set out to do. So I went to school. I stayed in school. I got good grades. I graduated, went to college, uh, got a finance degree, and then I was setting out to go crush it in the corporate world. So I moved to Chicago, uh, lived right in the city, and started working at a bank, a big financial firm, sitting in a cubicle, looking at spreadsheets for 40 to 50 to 60 hours a week. So, so this was 2007. So everything was going great in the financial world. And then all of a sudden 2008 came and basically half my floor of who the people I was working with got wiped out. So, uh, I was lucky enough, blessed enough, grateful enough, whatever you want to call it, that, uh, I was literally the last person hired. And since I was the last person hired means I was kind of the lowest paid person there. So I kept my job, but I saw all these people who had poured so much time, energy, effort, commitment, dedication into this company, into these financial firms for a long time. And their entire life was propped up on this one single job. You know, even if they didn't feel like they were living paycheck to paycheck, they were making good money, but they had so many obligations, whether it was a mortgage, kids in school, car payments, all these things that literally were propped up by something that they technically couldn't control because you're an employee at will and you can get fired at any time. And all these people were getting laid off. Obviously, the prospect of finding another job from 2008 to 2010 was not good if you're in the financial sector. Uh, So I started to question my decision of, is this the right thing for me? I didn't love the job, but everybody just said, that's kind of how life is. You just kind of do a job. You might not love it, but you're good at it. You do it. You get promoted. You get the raises. And then in 40 years, you can retire and hopefully your money is there and then you can enjoy life. So I thought that's what I was supposed to do. And then when I saw these people losing their job, to me, it didn't make sense to basically have a, they were basically business owners or self-employed people with one client. And if that client fires you, you're out of business. So to me, that really didn't make a lot of sense. So I started thinking of what should I do? I want to be my own. At that point, I determined It's way less risky to be your own boss, whereas historically, everyone will tell you it's way safer to go get a job instead of be your own boss. But when you're your own boss, you're in 100% control. And if one client leaves, that's okay. You have hundreds of other clients. So uh, I started to kind of map out my exit strategy. And I realized, you know, a lot of people said I was crazy for leaving, but I realized, and this theme will come up again and again, of the worst case scenario is never as bad as we think it's going to be. We're so afraid of what's around the corner. And I realized that if I quit my job, I go start my own business, it doesn't work. I can always go get another job like that. Even if it's working at Starbucks, I can go make 10 to $15 an hour. I could pay the bills uh, and be okay. Like, you know, but I didn't want to have the regret of not trying to start my own business. So that's what I did. So, uh, I, that was 2010, 2011. Uh, and I've been an entrepreneur ever since. And I couldn't imagine sitting in a cubicle right now while instead I get to have a conversation with someone like yourself. Wow. That, that, that is so amazing and very similar to my story because, um, 
yeah, I just I just left uh, the corporate world. I used to work as an architect, and and um, I had uh, different uh, experiences. So I lost the meaning of the job that I've, I I was doing. So I was looking for some kind of a, a vision, purpose, or fulfillment, and and that's how my journey started. Uh, and I appreciate you uh, sharing this story because uh, it's it's really interesting. And you know, I have two groups of people in my mind as we are uh, talking here. And one of the groups is people who are in that corporate field and they want to start their own business for some reasons. Maybe you know they are just not satisfied uh, with their job or they have a they have a bigger vision, so to speak. What advice would you give give to them? Because, for example, you mentioned that we have this belief or we are telling ourselves that, you know, this is what I what I'm supposed to do. This is how it is. This is the job. And then, you know, you can retire after 40 years and we accept these limitations. This is the self-talk that we have and we accept these things, right? Uh, so many people, I think, accept these self-limiting talks or beliefs. What advice would you give to them to, to inspire them a little bit to, to get out of the corporate world? Yeah. So I talk to a lot of people actually about this uh, because as you know, they'll say, well, how did you do it, Tibor? I don't, I just don't get it. So the first thing is you, you need to, you need to have patience. So you can't just like go walk into your boss's office tomorrow and quit your job and say, all right, I'm going to be a business owner. You need to have patience, you know, especially to make sure you're set financially. So like I knew I was going to quit probably nine months before I did it. So I was saving money. I was cutting all my expenses, making that short-term sacrifice to then have the ability to then go do what I want, you know, and be in total control. So, you know, not having those car payments, not having a house that you don't really need and really not spending money that you don't need to spend short term, right? So it's the sacrifice of, at the end of the day, people say, man, you're so lucky. Like, how did you do it? I'm like, well, I'll show you, but it, it's going to kind of suck for a little bit, but it's so liberating at the end, because if you want to do something, you know, if you want what other people don't have, you got to be do, be willing to do what other people aren't willing to do. And some of it is, hey, don't go out to eat as much. Hey, save some money here. Hey, you probably don't need the newest iPhone. So, you know, from a financial side, getting that in order, but then also having a plan for when you actually do quit. So like I was building everything in the background so that when I did quit, I could hit the ground running. So, you know, getting all of the stuff set up after you're home from your nine to five, taking advantage of the evenings, take advantage of the early mornings, take advantage of the weekends, knowing that it's short term because once you quit your job, you don't want to have to fumble through all that stuff. It's like, hey, all right, I already got all my, you know, my business entities set up, my bank account set up, my website set up, all these things in your you're building it in the background so you can kind of hit the ground running when you're ready to ready to go make it happen. So, you know, that from a tactical standpoint, that's what I would really recommend is have a plan, have patience, kind of have that deadline. So, uh, you know, there's someone in my mastermind that I'm a member of. He just quit mm -hmm. his job last week, but he had planned this for like literally like 12 to 18 months. So he was getting his finances in order, getting, mm -hmm. you know, his family on board getting his business, you know, ramped up. So that way when he did quit, it's like, okay, now I know that when I quit my job, I will actually probably start making more money because I'll have more time to put into this thing that already has momentum. Uh, instead of being the person who's just like, all right, I'm going to quit. I'm going to go figure this out. It takes a long time to build a business. So you might as well start building it now, have that plan, have the patience, have the financial means in order and figure out how much time do you really spend. So uh, at least here in America, the average American watches 35 hours of TV a week. You could do a lot <laughs> in those 35 hours. So that's a whole nother yeah. work week, you know, of, of doing things that are actually getting you closer to where you want to go. So, you know, and yeah. then really the last thing I would tell them is, do you want to, for me, it was not having the regret of when it's all said and done. I don't want to say, man, I wish I would have tried that. I'd rather try it, fail, figure it out and move forward instead of never doing it. And then comes a point where you get laid off, the market goes down, you get laid off and you say, man, I should have done yeah. that thing. So yeah. just get started. You're not, it's not going to happen overnight, but at least get started. Start surrounding yourself with people who have done what you want to do. That's huge too, is learning from other people's mistakes and successes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow, it's it's incredible. So so have a plan. You mentioned a plan. What I wanted to say is that you don't have to go alone. So for example, here you are, you can support people with this, for example. Uh, you can have a mentor, you can have a coach, right? So you can prepare these things 
uh, with someone else. Uh, there's support out there. And there's a really important thing that you mentioned, and I forgot to get back, which is regret of not trying. And I think for many people, it can be more motivating or inspiring than you know having a positive vision or something like that. Because I moved abroad, for example, and the regret of not trying to move abroad uh, was for me the reason I did, right? Because I wanted to try it. Starting a business is the same. Do I really want to regret, you know, 20, 30 years later that I haven't tried? No, right? So this is a kind of like big motivator for me and I think for a lot of people. And thanks for sharing this. Uh, people need to hear this. I wanted to dive into your entrepreneurial journey in the sense that you had different businesses. So you started out with, with a business that you scaled and sold. So would you talk to us a little bit more about that and what you do right now? Yeah. So I quit my job. Uh, my last job, I quit July 15th, 2011. Uh, it was a great day. And then I started, uh, we were running after school golf and tennis programs for elementary kids. So I loved the concept. I loved sports. I loved kids. And I felt this is way more rewarding and gratifying than just putting together a spreadsheet every day for some big corporation yeah. who's just trying <laughs> to serve their shareholders. So that's what I, I did. Um, started it. And I thought this is going to be like amazing. Everyone's going to say yes. Uh, so the way our business model worked is we had to kind of partner up with the local schools to be able to come onto mm -hmm. their campus and run these programs. Uh, so I called every single school in my area. It was about 90 of them. So I called them over the course of a week. I think I called like, I didn't call people on Fridays. So it was like, I called 20 to 25 people Monday through Thursday and didn't get to the decision maker once didn't get any traction. I was like, okay, now what? I just called everybody and they all basically said no because I didn't get anywhere. So I was at a point where I'm like, man, I, I did this for a couple of weeks. So fast forward, you know, a month or two and nothing is really working. And I had, like I said, I took the time to build everything out on the back end. And I was at the point, I was like, hmm, should I go back and get a job? Like, when do I, I don't really know when I should quit, but this, you know, this seems like a no brainer. So I was at that point where I just need to keep pushing through, which you're going to have a lot of those in your entrepreneurial journey, as you know, uh, but eventually had success. So it started taking off. We got a lot of schools on board, a lot of families, a lot of golf courses, tennis facilities, and mm -hmm. we were rocking and rolling. And I was working probably 60 to 80 hours a week. And at that point, I wasn't upset about that because I literally loved every single thing that I did uh, until one day I realized that. I asked myself, what happens if I got hit by a bus? And if I got hit by a bus, my business wouldn't be there for more than a week. So uh, that was where, you know, it kind of came to the head of the reason that conversation started in my own head was there was still demand in the market, but I literally couldn't go serve any more people. Now I had employees out delivering the service, running the programs, but I was running everything else in the back end. So the finance, the marketing, mm -hmm. the sales, the operations, all of that mm -hmm. stuff was all on me. And I literally had no more time in the day to bring on more demand. So between that and then realizing what happens if I got hit by a bus, like this would not be good. My wife wouldn't be happy. We'd be out of business in a week and nobody else would know how to run the business. So my employees would be out. The customers wouldn't be happy. So that was when I realized going back to what we talked about when I left the corporate world, the worst case scenario wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. So I was so scared to delegate. It was my baby. Mm -hmm. Nobody could do it as well as I could until I remembered back when I did quit my job that, well, if I delegate everything and it doesn't work, complete failure, dumpster fire, nothing works. It's just going to come back to me anyway. And that's already where it is. So literally... I was living the worst case scenario. And I'm not saying it was terrible, like I loved what I was doing, but mm -hmm. from a sustainability standpoint, a peace of mind standpoint, what happens if I get sick? What happens if I break a leg? What happens if my family gets sick and I need to go you know, and spend time with them? How is this thing going to keep going? So that's really you know, where I started just buckling down and putting the systems and the processes in place, really systematizing everything and then empowering employees to run the business more or less better than I could because they only had a few things to focus on instead of everything that I was focusing on. So, you know, that's really where I realized that we had built something special. I had a gift. And if it was really selfish of me if I didn't share this with more people. So, you know, now I'm at the point where I really want other business owners to learn from my experience, get to where they want to go quicker and my motivating factor in business is how can we build a business to really achieve everything we want in life? So a lot of times we're chasing the wrong things or we don't really know what we're chasing. So how can we use our business as a vehicle 
to do everything we want in life, personally, professionally, philanthropically, whatever it might be. Uh, so that's really what I do today. I still run local businesses here in the Raleigh area. Um, I was running, uh, I had bought an existing dog walking pet sitting business. I scaled it up over the course of 18 to 24 months and actually just sold it uh, to an employee. So that's kind of the second business we sold. And then I still do, uh, I'm a partner in a landscaping business here as well. So I love keeping my hands in the business so I can also use that to help my clients as well because I'm kind of in the trenches with them on a day-to-day basis. Wow, that's incredible. Thanks for sharing. And you mentioned a couple of things, for example, systems and processes and employees and team. So what are the most important things really to to scale a business? And you mentioned that you worked 60, 80 hours a week. So how can someone just, you know, escape from that, I don't know, box cage to to scale to scale the business? What do they need to put in place? Yeah. So I would say before they even start doing anything tactically, it kind of goes back to first, you need to figure out what is your vision? What is your vision in life? And what do you, you know, when you're 85, 90 years old, however old you are, when it's all said and done, what would success look like in life? And usually it has nothing to do with business. It's what did you do in your life? Who did you impact? What relationships you built? So first thing is figuring out what is your ideal lifestyle? Where do you want to spend it? Who do you want to spend it with? How much time do you want to spend working? How much time do you want to spend traveling? Whatever your why is, how much time do you want to spend volunteering? Uh, But figuring out where do you want to go? A lot of times we don't really know where we want to go. It's basically, I equate it to like a road trip, you know? So a lot of business owners, they're just driving in their car all day but they don't really know where they're going. Their goal is just to keep the car moving because they're still in business. So it's kind of like the hamster wheel. But if you know where you're going, so if you know your why and you know your vision, it makes it a lot easier to then envision what does your ideal organization look like in order to achieve those personal goals and really mapping out like a legit org chart of these are the people that I need in place. And it doesn't, it's not necessarily people's names. It's just, these are the roles that we need. These are the responsibilities they're going to have So then that is something everybody can start to work towards. So it's like, okay, we need an operations manager. We need an account manager. We need a marketing person. Whatever your business is, you start mapping out. So literally just get out a piece of paper and write down exactly what your ideal org chart looks like in the future Mm -hmm. and how making sure that business can serve you and serve your employees and serve your community and everybody else to help you get to where you really want to go. So once you've done that, it makes it a lot easier to figure out what you need to do today, tomorrow, and the next week because you're working towards something instead of most business owners are just reacting to fires, walking into their office every day, just saying, okay, what's going to happen today? Who's going to start calling? So you're really going from a reactive mindset to a proactive mindset of let's get on top of this. So once you do that, then you can kind of get into the tactical things, which I'm happy to dive into of, okay, now what? I know where I'm going. So if you think about a road trip, okay, I'm in Raleigh and I know I want to get to New York. So now I figure out, okay, now I actually know how to get there because I know where I need to be. I have my checkpoints by this date or this time I need to be here. These are the things I need to bring. These are the people I need to have with me. And you really start planning it out. So then Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to figure out if you're on the right path or not. And that's really your filter. Is this getting me closer to it? If not, why am I doing it? So you know, whatever your mission, your vision is, that's kind of your filter of determining, should I be doing what I'm doing today? If your business still needs to do it, do you actually need to do it? Or can somebody or something do it? Or is it just a bright, shiny object that you need to just put your blinders on and keep going? Wow. It's, 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 it's so great and useful. And, uh, I was just wondering, you know, uh, this kind of vision, uh, because you were talking about the planning already, but, but having this vision, which is, which can be, for me, at least, not so specific at the very beginning, but just the major questions like, do I, for example, want to to work with a team in the future, you know, in person with people, or do I want to work online, you know, uh, and 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 just just deciding these major questions. How do I want to, you know, work, or how do I want to operate this business? How how do I want to have this business in the future? How do I imagine, you know, running this business one year from now, five years from now, whatever the you know, the time frame, but just having this uh, kind of like vision uh, at the very beginning and then the planning out. And and I think 
uh, that's also really important. And having this proactive mindset that you mentioned, I really liked it. But it's really important to have this proactive mindset. I know where I'm going. And yeah, it's it's amazing. So how can someone then, uh, you know, start to put together this system or what kind of systems should they put together? Yeah, Tiber, so I mean, that's a really good point. So I don't know any business owner that says, I can't wait to start a business and just work 24-7, 365 and never have the freedom. So like we started a business to have more freedom, to make more money, to make a bigger impact yeah. and enjoy what we're doing. So exactly. all of a sudden business takes over and we're just fighting fires. We're putting our personal life on the back burner. We're putting our family on the back burner just to keep this thing going. So yeah. I would say there's basically, you know, kind of walking people through kind of the four things you need to do before creating systems and processes. So the first one okay. was the vision. So that's number one. We've already covered that. The second one is creating your ideal organization based on workload task. What is What, what kind of business do you need to build? Where do you envision yourself as the CEO of that business? Uh, so that's the second one. And then the third one is you actually need to make time to start working on your business. So using something like time blocking, uh, you know, I'm working with a client right now in my mastermind. He's never done this. So you can just start small. He literally sets aside an hour a day and that's it. An hour a day to start working on his business. So, you know, whatever, whatever you do during that hour, it needs to be moving you closer to your goal and not just keeping the ship afloat. So using that analogy again, if you are on a ship, many ship captains who are business owners are just keeping the ship afloat. We just got to keep this thing going, making sure we're staying above water. Whereas you need to also get that ship moving in the right direction to where you actually want to go. So taking that even just one hour a day to start working on your business, evaluating the obstacles, what are the distractions? How do we measure success? Uh, you know, and then that goes into actually starting the process of creating systems and processes. So this wow. would be the fourth one is I call it the delegation snowball. So if you've, mm -hmm. if anybody's heard of Dave Ramsey, he has the debt snowball. This is a similar concept of just getting started and using the momentum of envision a snowball going down the hill and getting bigger and bigger, stronger, faster. So wow. in my That's opinion, cool. there's five systems in any business. If you think of the customer journey, it'll be really easy to remember these. The first one is yeah. lead generation. So you have to go generate interest in pe with people to do business with you. So what are your lead generation activities? That's the first one. The second one is sales. So now we need to turn those potential customers into customers. We need to convert them into people that are spending money with us in exchange for the service or product we're selling. So that's the second system. The third one is customer service and customer experience. So customer service is kind of the reacting to people who have problems or have questions. And then customer experience is proactively delivering experience that is just amazing. So that's kind of the third one. Uh, the fourth one would then be the actual service that you provide. So whatever service it is, that's a big system. Obviously, how do you how do you de determine it? How do you deliver it on a consistent basis? And then the last one is probably what most people don't like is all the operations, all the backend stuff, invoicing, QuickBooks, receivables, payables, standard operating procedures, all the different things that go in that your customers don't ever see. So if you have those five systems, then it's determining what processes within each system need to be systematized so that somebody else could do it. So how you do the delegation snowball is you go through all those systems and write down every single thing that you do mm -hmm. in your business. I recommend a spreadsheet because I like spreadsheets. So you can type out every yeah. single activity you do in lead gen, sales, customer service, customer experience, the actual service, and then the operations. Who does it now? Who should be doing it? And it doesn't have to be a person's name. It's just what role in that org chart should be doing it. How long does it take? How often do you do it? And how bad do you actually want to delegate this thing and never do it again? So you do all that and then you really just sort it on which one do you want to delegate first? And I recommend most people just to get over the mindset, delegate the most simple, easiest task in your business just to get over the hump of delegating something to somebody or something else. Mm -hmm. uh, some people say, I want to delegate this because I hate it but it's really laborious to document it. And it might be a thing where you might need to wait a little bit because it's a big process. Whereas it could be something as easy as this is the email I send out every morning to my vendors and anybody else could do it. It's super easy. Somebody else does it. And then you're kind of off and running. So those are kind of the four things that you need to do before you actually start delegating is figuring out your vision, figuring out what type of ideal organization you need, you know, to support that vision 
make time every day to work on your business using time blocking and then doing your delegation snowball. If you do those four things, then you're ready to start really putting, you know, the document that the documentation and the delegation in place. That's that's incredible. Uh, so vision and ideal organization, and it's already a system, which is which is you know it's really really great because I love systems. I don't know about uh, other people, but I love systems because within systems, it's easier to you know optimize processes, as you mentioned already. And before that, so it's your system. I love it. Uh, before that, I actually use business model canvas. So I when I wanted to get clear on my you know. Uh, ideal customers and and revenue streams and and cost structure and all that stuff. So that's a system that I actually put in place quite later on. So at the very beginning, I felt that you know I don't really have a system or spreadsheet or whatever it is to to have everything in in one system. And your system is 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 also very useful to put every activities into those segments and then just get clear which task you want to delegate or outsource. And so I wanted to ask you, like, what do you recommend to outsource first? Or what are what are some of your experiences with clients? Yeah, so I usually recommend, uh, and this is more from a kind of mindset standpoint of where the where most of my clients are when I when I meet them is getting rid of kind of all the admin stuff that's not necessarily your baby. So usually they really don't want to give up the service. Even if they're not providing it, they're still like out at like, so the landscaping company that I'm a partner in, he doesn't do, the owner doesn't do any of the landscaping work himself. He has a crew, but he's still out there like playing in the dirt, like six to eight hours a day with the crews. Mm-hmm. So he needed help getting all the admin stuff off his plate. And usually that's a little bit easier to delegate because we're not married to that. Like we are the service that we provide. So, you know, figuring out what that is for you. And usually it is the admin task. You know, mm. as long as you're making progress, you're getting close to where you want to go and you're further further ahead today than you were yesterday. I think that's the key. But usually it's the admin tasks. Like for me, my very first business, we the very I still remember the very first task that I delegated was yeah. we had to we had our online system where all the students registered, but then we had to download basically all of their information from the mm-hmm. roster and then send it to the school. So the school knew who uh was going to be there, going to be participating in the after-school program. And then the coaches, we had to give it to the coaches so they knew who to expect. So literally mm-hmm. all they had to do was go into our online system. I had to give them access, which is a whole nother mental barrier for a lot of people. They think, you know, their place is Fort Knox, but give your employees access. They're not going to screw it up. Uh, they downloaded the report. They put it in Excel. They emailed it off to the school. They printed it out and gave it to the coach. And everybody was happy. And I was pumped because I was like, this is going to save me, you know, a couple, maybe even it's just a couple hours a week, but those, it was so liberating to know that this is working. It's working successfully and there is no limit on how far I can take this. So that's kind of what I would recommend them getting started. Just the admin tasks that somebody else could do in the audience might be wondering, well, how do I do that? So if it's a computer task, the easiest way to do it is just use screen recording software. So Something like Zoom. Zoom is free. You just hit record. It starts recording your screen. You do a voiceover. So you're saying, okay, Tibor, this is how we do it. Click over here, download this, export that. So you're literally walking them through it on video. Mm -hmm. Once you're done, you hit stop record. You send it to whoever you're delegating it to. And then all of a sudden they have a training thing that you don't actually have to sit next to them or they don't have to sit next to you and follow. They can just watch the video, pause, rewind, fast forward. Uh, and really why I found that was so valuable is my very first corporate job in Chicago. My training was I had to sit next to the person who I was learning from and just take notes all day and just watch him on a computer yeah. all day in hopes yeah. that I'd remember it all the next day. And then the next day came, I had like six pages of notes and I didn't remember a thing. And then I was like, I know you told me this, so maybe I'll try and figure it out because I don't want to feel stupid if I go ask them. So let me try and figure this out. It takes me hours and then I still don't know. So then I go ask them. So eliminating that pain point as well, where it gives the employee or the contractor, whoever you're delegating to, it gives them a little bit of comfort knowing that they have this tool and that they can kind of learn at their pace. 
That's amazing. So uh, actually, I have one question because, you know, you know, there could be someone who wants to build a team, right? And they can have people or a team around them. But there are people who want to work like a digital nomad. So uh, do you have some recommendations for maybe online platforms or programs that could help, for example, digital nomads or people who are traveling and want to outsource things, you know, virtual assistant or something like that? Yeah. I mean, I know there's, you know, so it really depends on what you want to build. You can still build a team of employees and everyone's virtual. So it doesn't really matter where they're at. So I know even a lot of podcasters, they have a team Mm -hmm. of employees and they're all in different places in the world. Uh, But that's That's really, so that's really, yeah. So, I mean, that's really up to what kind of model you want to build. If you just want VAs, VAs are great. They're very loyal. Um, You know, so there are some good platforms up there. I know on my podcast before I had Nathan Hirsch, who was the founder of Free Up? Uh, it's a virtual assistant uh, kind of platform where you can connect with VAs. Um, but there are a ton of them out there. I know Chris Ducker has a good platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't know what it's called off the top of my head. And then I also know Jamie J uh, also has one. I don't know what his called off the top of my head. But there are plenty of them out there. You know, if you are looking to just build VAs, be a digital nomad, and not really want to have employees. Um, yeah. I would just recommend everybody talk wherever, whatever country, wherever you're actually, wherever your business is based out of, just make sure you're following the employee laws. Uh, I was just having a discussion with this, with actually a client of, do I hire a contractor or an employee? So every state, every country is different, but make sure you're following the rules because if not, the government could come back and slap you on the hand and ask for a lot of money because you might be treating a contractor as an employee. So if you're telling them Mm -hmm. what to do, when to do it, how to do it, you know, with what, when all those, if you're giving them a lot of parameters to operate in or providing them tools to operate within, uh, that most likely, depending where you're at, they're probably determined to be an employee. So I would recommend talking with a uh, local attorney to make sure you're, you're doing what you're supposed to. Yeah, that's amazing. That's that's very valuable advice for the listeners. And I also wanted to mention that you have some resources on your site, which is palmaskill.com forward slash resources. And there people can find actually uh, different kind of solutions for calendars, website uh, domains, uh, and so on and so forth. So people can go there and just check that out. Because I found it actually when I was uh, checking out your website, and that's great. And I wanted to ask you about teams in the sense that uh, when you build a team, you are becoming basically the the leader and, and you have different kind of, um, how to say, obligations or you have to have a different kind of mindset that you're building a team, uh, delegating stuff and, uh, and all those things. So what are some of your advices to to build a team and make it? Yeah, that's a great question. So I see a lot of business owners build a team before they have systems and processes in place. And they're not clear on that. It's okay. Like I've hired people and say, Hey, I don't have a system and process. So we're going to create this together, but you need to have that communication where I see most business owners fail is they hire somebody because they're really proficient based on their resume and whatever skill they need, but they don't have standard operating procedures. They don't have systems and processes and they're just trusting this person based on their experience and it never goes well. So, you know, I would say that's the first one is start creating those systems and processes. So after you go through the delegation snowball, start documenting how these things are done and then you can start delegating. So I would say the biggest thing, you know, there is, I would say the only consistent thing amongst every team is having empathy. So when I was building a team, I had no experience in it, but I did have experience on the other side of being part of a team and being just, you know, another cog in the wheel. And most managers, most leaders don't have empathy. They basically look as look at their employees as just somebody that's helping them build their empire. Uh, whereas that never lasts long. You know, there's the micromanagers, there's, hey, you should be doing this. Why aren't you doing this? But if you have the empathy, which is really good because most business owners used to do whatever it is they're delegating. So you know what they're going through, but having that empathy, having the patience, understanding that it's okay to make mistakes because nobody's going to do it as well as you can, because you're the owner. No one's as invested in the business as you, and that's okay. 80% of you is still amazing. Um, But really getting good at communicating, having empathy, getting really strong on appreciation, recognition, 
having accountability in place of this is what we expect. These are, you know, these, these are the numbers that we, how we measure success. These are the things we need from you. So a lot of people, they don't like being the quote unquote bad guy, but when you Mm -hmm. start building that framework and having the guardrails and having the accountability, having the systems and processes, the expectations, it actually liberates everybody. And it, it causes a lot of freedom because everybody knows what everyone's supposed to be doing. Uh, and everyone's comfortable bringing that to the table. So if I have an employee and I say, hey, this is your new task and this is how you do it. Let me know if you have any questions. They should be comfortable coming to you ask questions because I should yeah. I should be the one understanding that hey, I've been doing this for a really long time. They've been doing it for 10 minutes and that's okay. Like, however, you can't, you know, you can't get that upset in them because 99% of the people in this world are really good people. Otherwise, 99% of us wouldn't be here. Like we'd all be dead because we'd all kill each other. So no one's going to do things wrong on purpose. They're going to do things wrong because you failed to provide them something, guidance, infrastructure, training, support, you know, accountability, whatever it might be. So figuring out how could we make this better and empowering employees to help you make those decisions too. Hey, we're figuring this out together. How would you make this better? And usually they have a lot of good ideas because they're not so stuck in it like you are. Absolutely. So many value bombs for the listeners, really. Um, What I experienced uh, in my first corporate job uh, was really that our leader was very good at communicating the vision and the mission that we had. So it was a lot about sales and, and, and I was a sales support engineer, but you know, it, I connected to that vision and he was very good at communicating that vision. And I have never experienced that since then, actually, I moved abroad to work there, but it was just for me as an employee, you know, just so good to connect with a higher vision. And I felt that I am part of something bigger than just, you know, doing some spreadsheets all day long. So I think that's also really important, and you mentioned that to some extent, right? So having having that team and bigger vision, and uh, yeah, uh, I wanted to ask you about your current how to say the people that you work with. So maybe you know just for the listeners to know if you're a good fit for them, and maybe you can talk to us a little bit more about your podcast as well, which is Business Owners Freedom Formula. So what can people expect when they tune into your podcast? Yeah. So it's a twice a week podcast. So every Monday we interview someone that's awesome, someone that's smarter than me in a certain topic. So we bring on guests of all different you know, backgrounds, experiences, expertise, really to serve owners. So as you can tell, there's freedom in the name of the podcast. So we're all about creating everybody's ultimate freedom. And that is different for everybody, but how can we build your business to make sure you achieve that? So, uh, so that's what we do every Monday. We bring on a guest 25 to 35 minute interview. And then every Thursday, I just do a quick tip episode, whether it's, you know, something actionable, tactical, or might be something more inspiring, sharing a part of my journey running local businesses. So, you know, really kind of 10 minutes or less usually of just, hey, this is something that could get you closer to where you want to go. So, you know, I would say my ideal customers, some, anybody that runs a, usually I work with service-based businesses just because they, um, they most service-based businesses started their business because they love it. They're good at it. And then all of a sudden the rest of the business consumes them. So uh, I think, as you mentioned at the beginning, you know, anybody that's running a service-based business that they really can't take more than a week off. And if they do, they're, they're just stressed out. They can't go on vacation. So that's really, you know, what I focus on is most small businesses can't survive for more than a week without the owner. So through yeah. the, through my mastermind, that's really what we focus on. So they can have a business and scale a business that can thrive without them because that's why we did this thing in the first place to start a business. So we could build something that could create income without us being there 24 seven. So we can make more money and have more time. So, you know, that's really what I focus on. And that's uh, my ideal client is, you know, the people that they've got an established business, they've proven to the market, they're providing a really good service, you have to be really good at providing your service, I can't help you become a better window cleaner, but I can help you run a better business. Uh, You know, (laughs) and then taking that and really maximizing their potential. So we have so much potential, everyone has so much potential. Unfortunately, whether it's limiting beliefs, lack of time, lack of guidance, what I find is most, you know, in anything that we do, we basically need three things. We need a guide. So somebody who has done what we want to do. We need a plan. We need a blueprint. So this is exactly how we're going to get you where you want to go. And then you need accountability. So 
Do you have a group of people holding you accountable to make sure you become the best version of yourself? And I actually just did a post on this uh, this week. 65% of Americans are overweight. Uh, and that is has nothing to do with lack of knowledge. They can go to Google and figure out how to not be overweight. They probably don't even need to go to Google. They probably know I need to exercise and I need to eat better. <laughs> but yeah. they're not doing that. Why aren't they doing that? Because they don't have a guide. So they don't have somebody you know, kind of walking them down this path. They don't actually have a plan. It's just like, oh, I want to eat healthier. Well, what does it actually look like? Or I need to start exercising. Yeah. Well, what does it actually look like? And then they don't have a group of accountability partners to make sure they're doing these things. So, you know, I'm a member of a kickboxing gym and the guide, the trainer, the owner, like he makes sure you come back every time when you walk out that door, he says, when are you coming back? When am I going to see you again? It's like, oh, okay. And he is a guy because he's done all these things and he's in really good shape. His life is great. Uh, and he has a plan. He walks you through his plan, you know, every time you're there. But then the biggest thing is the accountability. When I go there at 530 in the morning, I see the exact same five or six people, you know, and we all hold each other accountable and we all show up because it's like, I don't want to be the only person that didn't show up at five 30 this morning. Whereas if I just said, let's get healthy. Yeah. I might do it for a week or two in January. Then it's like, well, I, I can get back to this later. And it's, our business is no different. You know, we don't really have a plan. We're just kind of trying to keep the ship afloat, making sure we're still alive. Uh, that's what our human, that's what our human brain is there for to make sure we're still alive. So, okay, we're alive. Uh, you know, we're not going to get yeah. eaten by a saber tooth tiger. So we're good, but I don't really, I want different results, but I don't really want to do things differently, even though I know I, sh- even though I know I need to. Wow, I couldn't agree more. And uh, what I'm hearing really is that chunking down and having that guidance is, is really, really helpful because sometimes it's just, you know, too overwhelming, you know, uh, okay, eating healthy, but it's it's just so abstract, you know, it's not tangible, it's not tangible action steps or, or something like that. And, and uh, people need to chunk it down and have a plan, have a blueprint. It's amazing. And uh, I wanted to ask you about, you know, book recommendations. My listeners want to read and, you know, just uh, soak up this knowledge and everything. So what are those books that, you know, transform your life, business, uh, mindset, whatever? Yeah. I mean, obviously there's hundreds out there. I'm always trying to read a couple books a month. Um, And to be honest, I didn't read one single book until I owned a business. Um, I just didn't like reading, didn't see the point of it. It was like, I had better things to do. And now I just read kind of nonstop. So this would be for these, I would say these three books uh, were really instrumental uh, you know, in me building businesses and helping other people build their businesses and scale their businesses. So the first one is Built to Sell. Uh, it's just a really great book on building your business so that it is sellable, even if you don't want to sell it, because a sellable business means it can thrive without you. So if something happens to you or you want to pass it on to the next generation or you do want to sell it, whatever it is, you're kind of liberated from that chaos of just running and working in your business 24-7. So that's a really good kind of mindset of just understanding like, okay, let's start doing this thing. And then the other two, I would say more uh, for once you are, you know, running that business is Profit First. Profit First is, in my opinion, by Mike Michalowicz, probably one of the biggest things uh, any business owner can implement to make sure you're actually making money and make, you know, reaching your full income potential. Uh, super mm-hmm. easy system. I like it because it is a system. Uh, and then Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. I think this is if everybody read that book, they would make more. If everybody read that book and implemented what they tell you to, you would start making more money probably within the next couple of weeks, just because it's so. It's another system, which is what I like, uh, but it's so simple on just getting your branding, getting your messaging super clear, so your customers know what you offer and how they can work with you as easy as possible. And you know, the whole concept. I don't want to get into it because it's it's a long long story, but it's basically. Most business owners, we see ourselves as the hero and we're saving all our customers, but really your customer is the hero and you're just the guide helping them get to where they want to go. And it equates it to movies. So every movie has a main character. They're the hero, but they always need a guide to help solve whatever problem it is. Uh, So it's really powerful to get your messaging clear uh, and, you know, really serving your customers better. So profit first, built to sell, story brand. Those would be my three books that I recommend. Wow, that's amazing. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. And uh, before I ask my last question, please just tell the listeners where they can find you online, also the mastermind, uh, and get to know more about you. 
Yeah. So as you mentioned uh, before, paulmaskill.com, you can go there. That's my website. It's got my resources. It's got trainings. It's got my podcast. But if you are interested in the mastermind, go to paulmaskill.com slash mastermind. So there's a quick application. It tells you everything about it. Uh, it's a pretty powerful uh, group of folks trying to become the best version, reach their full potential. Uh, and there is no trophy for going it alone. So we as entrepreneurs many times think we don't need any help. We can do it. We can figure it out. But it's a lot more yeah. fun and a lot easier to do it with other people uh, when you actually have a plan and accountability. So paulmaskill.com slash mastermind. Fill out the application. It's probably two minutes uh, or less to fill it out. And then I'll send you an email. We'll set up a time to chat for about 30 minutes, answer any questions, make sure it's a great fit. Uh, and then we'll get you out there building that business, scaling that business so it can thrive without you. So you can finally enjoy vacation, spend time with family and friends and uh, build a team and empower a team and give them the opportunities to, you know, really reach your full potential. Wow. That sounds incredible. Full potential. I love it. So my last question is actually, uh, what is your vision and how do you see yourself and your business in, let's say five years time? Where are you heading? Yeah. So really my mission for doing what I'm doing is I don't want anybody else to go through what I did. I'm not saying it was terrible, but it's totally avoidable if you learn from somebody that's already been there. Uh, you know, and really, I would say the deeper, deeper mission to that is my father, like I said, he owned his own hardwood floor business for 44 years, uh, did it all, never had employees, did his, like just, he was only making money if he was out there laying floor, sanding floor, doing all this physical work and never had you know, never brought on anybody else. Never. He was super successful from building a brand. He would have people yeah. waiting for him for six months, but literally he put in all that blood, sweat, tears, hard work. And his retirement was he sold his truck and sold his tools. And that was it when he could have sold that business for millions of dollars, uh, or transitioned it to, you know, a key employee or whatever it was and keep making money. So that's a whole nother exit. Another exit strategy is you can still be the owner and basically turn it into a passive income stream with somebody else running it. But unfortunately he never was able to do that. So I don't want anybody else to get it, get to the point where they're 62, they physically or mentally can't do what they're doing anymore. And they aren't able to reap the full rewards on their, you know, on all the work that they put in. So that's really my mission. My personal vision is, uh, you know, the business I want to build to achieve my vision is so here in North Carolina, uh, all the kids from kindergarten through eighth grade, they go to year round schools. And basically what that means is they go to school for nine weeks and then they take three weeks off and they do that over and over and over again uh, until they get to high school. And then they have the traditional calendar with a summer break. But our vision is when our daughter turns five, which is two years from now, at least at the time of recording. So when she gets into kindergarten, we have the ability to do some really cool things during those three weeks uh, when she's tracked out, whether it's going on mission trips, traveling the world, spending more time with our family. So my wife's family and my family don't live close to us. Uh, so spending more time with family and friends, traveling the world, making an impact, uh, you know, so being able to do that and build a business that will allow us to do so. So that's kind of my personal vision. And then obviously the bigger yeah. mission is making sure other people don't go through either what my dad did, which was not good. Uh, like I said, he made a lot of money, but he spent a lot of money and he could have had a really nice exit and had a nice retirement plan of this business is my retirement. So that is my vision. That is my mission. Uh, really appreciate you having me on the show, Tibor. Really enjoyed the conversation as well. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing this. I, I love it. And I wish you good luck with your aspirations and business. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Tibor. Really enjoyed it. What is up, Mindset Nation? Thank you so much for listening. And I really hope this episode's been highly valuable to you. And if so, please make sure to spread the word and share this episode with your friends. We are on a mission to build this community of Mindset Nation. So please make sure to go to iTunes, go to Stitcher and support us by rating and reviewing the show. And don't forget to subscribe as well. For more information about Mindset Horizon, simply visit our website MindsetHorizon.com and sign up to our weekly newsletter to get the latest information about new episodes, Mindset Transforming freebies, tips and insights. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, leave us a message, we'd love to get in touch with you and hear more about you. Alright guys, thank you so much for listening, take care and be limitless my friends.